2016, the year in podcasting. And listener comments discussed. Well, thank you for listening to Speaker Live Show, episode 96 for January 4th, 2017. Thank you for joining us in the new year. We appreciate it. This is the first episode of 2017, and I certainly appreciate you tuning in and downloading us or just clicking play on the SpreakerLiveShow.com website, or if you happen to be listening to us in iTunes or a bunch of other listening platforms out there that are currently taking the show, we appreciate you joining us. Definitely feel free to uh, make a comment or post in our in our comment area on our website at speakerliveshow.com. We definitely want to hear from you. I want to say happy holidays and happy new year. Um, I know it's past now, but uh, I always try and reinforce the cheeriness of the holidays. So I appreciate you being here. The topic this week that we're going to cover is 2016. We're going to look back at the year in podcasting and talk a little bit about how Spreaker had a, had a connection with the past year in podcasting and then maybe just kind of look at kind of big trends that came out of 2016. I know last week uh, I covered quite a bit of uh, what, what 2017 uh, would probably look like. It would be a lot of continuation of the same things that we saw in 2016, but I think there's going to be a little bit of um, change there. But Joining me again is Mr. Alex XM, who's joining me again. The, he does the XM Experience podcast. Welcome, Alex. Hey, Rob. How you doing? Thanks for having me again, and uh, welcome to 2017. Yeah, it's great to be in the new year here, that's for sure. So we stream this show live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, from SpreakerLiveShow.com. And Spreaker also has a blog, so if you want to go read some articles on podcasting, um, Head on over there at blog.spreaker.com. The article that's up there right now is The Evolution of Podcasting in 2017. It's the article that I wrote and did a podcast episode a couple episodes ago talking about that article and kind of the evolution of podcasts as we move into the new year. So there's not a lot of revolutions in podcasting, but there certainly is some evolutions that will continue that are important to really kind of keep in mind. So let's move on. We're in 2017 now, but let's do a quick uh, look back at the 2016 and, and how that year went for podcasting. Podcasting was a big part of Spreaker this past year, as Spreaker has been a part of the uh, podcast and online audio industry for six plus years now. So it's been an important, I think, player in the industry for many years. Alex? Uh, yeah, I think Spreaker is one of the big names. Um, you know, there's some others that kind of dominated podcasting for a while. We all know their names. They've been around forever. Um, but there weren't many new innovations, I guess you would say, as far as uh podcasting. And I think Spreaker was kind of the big one because you could do it live, which, you know, is more like radio than anything else. It's kind of a hybrid. You can broadcast live and then archive it. So is it podcasting or is it internet radio? I mean, that's one of the things that initially drew me to uh, Spreaker when I started. I love the fact that you could do it live. But at any rate, there's other, you know, platforms that have, you know, come out where you're, you're more in the cloud. And I'm sure you know some of these, you know, they're just basically kind of like, I call it like the Twitter, (laughs) 
like yeah. these clip kind of, you know, platforms where you can just kind of use your microphone on your laptop or, you know, you can use a regular condenser microphone or a USB microphone. But there's been some other innovations, but nothing that's kind of been, I don't know, I, I nothing earth shattering, right? I mean, in yeah. 2016, I don't think there's been anything, any kind of, everyone's trying to figure out how to monetize it. We talk about this on almost every show and get advertising money and yeah. things like that. So we had, nobody's figured that out yet. And the other big problem I think was uh, the numbers and trying to find out how to accurately gauge downloads and listens and what constitutes you know, uh, you know, a play, things like, you know, things like that, that never really got resolved in 2016 that I kind of hoped would. There's been yeah, some, well, you know, I mean, those are issues that have been around podcasting since it started back in uh, 2004, you know, so, you know, I mean, a lot of things in this medium uh, move very slowly. And I think a lot of people don't really realize that because they're either new to the medium or they, they don't see it from a macro perspective, but there's very little that's actually new in the medium today. I'd say that the big thing is uh, just the audio quality, and I think the quality of content is uh, steadily getting better. But the technology really hasn't changed that much. I mean, how people produce shows, it's sure it's easier because of mobile phones and portable recording devices now. It's a lot less expensive to record audio, quality audio. So I would say those are the those are the biggest thing. And, the, and then also the, the use of the smartphone, right? I, I think that's the biggest revolution, I, I think, of podcasting. But that's been going on since, since the iPhone came out. So that's been quite a few years now. But about, uh, what, about 55% of Americans are now aware of podcasting in 2016. That's a significant chunk of the U.S. population, and that's not even taking into account global audiences. They're probably pretty far behind that, uh, but that's even growing. I don't have any numbers about global podcast awareness, but my guess is it would probably be in the 20 to 30 percent range. So I think probably in the 30s to 35 percent if you look at it globally. But about 36 percent of Americans have actually listened to a podcast at some point. I think those are pretty significant numbers, Alex. I mean, what do you think? I mean, there's still some growth there, too. Yeah, I, I find it hard to believe nobody's heard of a podcast in this day and age. It's almost like saying you That's haven't heard of television. television. It's yeah, there's yeah, shows or radio. It. Yeah. yeah, it's like well, it's like saying you haven't heard of television or radio, too. I mean, it's just kind of. I, I think some people even have heard podcasts and they don't even recognize that they have type thing, yeah, right? Like no, they listen I, to audio I agree online. With you 100%, and, well, I mean, you could even you could listen to a lot of uh, YouTube uh, shows. I mean, you go to a YouTube video and it's an interview or something, and it ends up you know ba basically being a podcast that was uploaded. I can't tell you how many times. Yeah, uh, I, I've done that. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I think podcasts are pretty much in the the common. Uh, knowledge, I guess, and people know how to use, you know, download them and use them. You don't need any special software anymore, right? I mean, you can basically download an MP3 to your phone, your laptop, anything. You don't need to um, use any kind of special device or something like that. So, yeah, I think everybody pretty much knows about it. Whether they listen to them all the time might be different, but I'd say those numbers might even be higher, Rob. You know, I'd say if somebody has a laptop or a phone, they probably know what a podcast is. And there's certain areas of the world that don't. But I mean, even, you know, far off regions now have cell phones. So it's you know, I don't know. I, I'd say it's uh, worldwide. It might be pretty high compared yeah, to I mean, what we think it might be. 
it's a little bit of a generational thing too, but but a lot of o- older people out there also listen to podcasts as well because they're really thinking more about educational content or they, they want to be entertained or whatever. And it does dovetail a lot to, to radio. People, you know, public radio is a significant player in the podcasting space and uh, there's a lot of people getting pulled into the medium based on the distribution of public radio too, So, um, which is helping the the overall podcasting space grow but podcasting has been kind of a passion hobby medium for most of its existence and it is true that um, uh, more are able to to make this medium a full-time commitment and a in a job and a business so those things are happening a lot of corporations and big media companies are i like to say a lot of them are returning to podcasting there's a perception out there that there, there's a lot of these big broadcasting companies that are jumping into podcasting right now uh, but the truth of the matter is is a lot of them and i would say most of them uh, as far as the broadcasting companies uh, were involved in podcasting back in the 2004 to 2008 time frame that abandoned podcasting in that 2009 to 2012 time frame and a lot of them are coming back. And and a lot of people in the medium don't really understand that, that that's exactly what's happened. A fair amount of those big broadcasting companies actually um, panned podcasting as a dead medium for many years. Uh, and then now when it's popular again, they're coming back. <laughs> yeah, well, because they didn't yeah. know how to do it. Yeah. You know, because well, Serial, yeah, Serial was a huge hit. Yeah, or it well, wasn't yeah, but, big enough for them or they didn't know how to do it exactly. It's probably the when you see someone like uh, uh, NPR has cereal, right? And it just blew up, and it was amazing. All that really was, if you really think about it, was just—I mean, you could call it even an audiobook, right? Like a, a yeah. serial audiobook. I mean, it was just basically an audio presentation that came out uh, almost like a magazine, right? So. Yep. Uh, you know, I don't know, like each chapter would come out each month. Okay, maybe that was innovative and they put it on the radio and you could, I mean, you, you say, they put it on the internet line, so you could download it. You know, Dateline. Yeah, or, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's basically, yeah, it's the basically Dateline, Dateline 48 yeah. Hours. Yeah, Dateline's yeah, perfect exactly. example. So it's not really something new. It's not a completely new concept. But once people realize that they did it well, and we've talked about this, it's a very highly produced show. I mean, we're not going to get those kind of results, you know, just being a one-man band. That's highly produced. They have original music. They have people chasing down interviews, doing the editing, everything. I mean, it's like a, a team of like five or six people working on each episode. I, I, I don't know. It's like it's not like it's something that the other radio stations couldn't do. It's just they didn't really do anything creative and innovative. So now all of a sudden they go, wait a second, NPR. <laughs> How did they do this with Serial with a bazillion downloads? We want that, too. But they're not. I would suggest to you they probably won't do it because they're not going to put the resources. You know what I mean, Rob? <laughs> into, yeah. Into put it, put well, it and also like that. that series got a significant boost from a very popular podcast called This American Life, and it had coverage on other public radio outlets that really played it up. And the East Coast media really jumped on the bandwagon with it because the East Coast it had media an outlet. Is very, yeah. is very very much tied in with the public media and i mean it's a very kind of um, close community back there on the east coast and they all kind of saw something that they could jump on board and and promote they and pushed talk it. about sure. yeah exactly yeah. and and it was an interesting story and the actual story of serial was a little controversial so it had all the elements that that a media company w- would have to really play it up and 
uh, drive a lot of attention to it. And I, I think the podcasting industry benefited from that, and I think it was all good. But I think another big trend that happened last year was the growing possibility of revenue, I mean, which has been, it's been in the space for a long time. I spent a year at Podcast One working on uh, a podcast network that was generating millions of dollars of revenue from podcasting. So certainly generating revenue wasn't something new for podcasting in 2016. It just moved to a higher level, right? It just kind of, it's like the stair step that's happening with the podcasting space right now when it comes to advertising. There's more advertisers getting into the medium, there's more shows, there's more listeners, and so you can kind of see that it has all the ingredients to create a stair step, not a hockey stick growth rate, but a stair step. Um, as the audiences grow, there's more um, advertising you know, ability, and thus that attracts more advertisers and, and then more content. So you can kind of see how it's kind of pulling itself towards a growth direction, but it's not growing fast. It's just growing at a real steady, steady pace. One of the other big things that's happening is there's original content that's being produced in the podcasting space. Not everything is just repurposed public radio programs. The content quality is getting better and there's a, a real battle right out there for content right now. I think th- this past year was really about um, content. It wasn't about any kind of technology or anything like that. I think it was all about content. Content is what's going to drive this industry into the future, and it was a significant driver in 2016. So what do you think, Alex? Uh, yeah, I mean, without content, you have nothing, right? You have no show. Uh, yeah. I think the idea, the idea, though, is, you know, creating compelling content. That's, uh, you know, the, the, the tough part, you know, when, when you do five episodes, it's one thing. But when you do 50 episodes, it gets tough. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes every week, right? Well, yeah, sometimes, you know, you just start stretching yeah. for topics and trying to find yeah. things to uh to do it. I mean, I've thought about launching several podcasts with friends and coworkers and things like that. And I've just said no to a lot of them because I say, okay, well, you know, I know we can get through five or 10 episodes, but, you know, outline like the number 20 and number 30, like it's a lot of topics just do not do well long term, you know? So I think uh, content is king, but longevity is huge. Yeah, it's true. And it's, I mean, I think some of the downsides that have come out of 2016. I think is, is it is getting more difficult to get attention, even for quality content. I mean, and to build an audience because there's just so much competition out there. There, as the bar has risen um, in producing podcasts, uh, it just makes it more difficult to reach audiences to build a large scale to your show. And thus, what created this past year was a real war over content. I mean, a lot of these monetization platforms were bidding over quality audio programs because they wanted to build their advertising business around big shows because that's what a lot of the advertisers are looking for is big shows. So it's been a challenging year, I think, for platforms um, to to monetize and attract the quality content that uh, will bring in revenue. I think some of those challenges will be solved by building more listeners to the medium. Alex, do you think that that was a big issue this past year? <laughs> well, not for me. I don't have a bidding war on any of my shows. I welcome that. Anyone who oh. wants to bid on my show, you know, a ham sandwich and a cup of soup, you can get a couple episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't have. 
have that problem, Rob. So I, you know, when it comes to the monetization thing, I keep, I've hammered this before, but YouTube is where I make my money through uh, YouTube. And I think that's what would be huge for, I know Spreaker's working on that. I won't, you know, ask you too much because I know that's in the works, but, you know, a, some sort of advertising system where you don't have to have, you know, a brand name, famous, you know, person who's hosting the podcast. You can be the average guy like YouTube allows you where if something does, you know, strike a chord, you get a couple hundred thousand views, you might make a couple hundred bucks, you know, yeah. from that show. So, you know, something that just would run ads, you can, you know, opt in, it would run ads over your show. And I know that Tumblr of all people who, you know, Yahoo owns, who has never made a flip and dime as far as I'm concerned. And they, they just recently got hacked a billion accounts, whatever. But they asked me because I, I host my website there where I can, you know, because Spreaker allows you to pump the audio out. Uh, so it makes it very easy for people to, you know, just get my audio through the website. At any rate, Tumblr is now asking, do you want to enable ads? So I looked into it and it said, oh, we're, we haven't figured out how this is all going to work, but we're going to run ads anyway and you'll get a cut. So I don't know what that even means. I, well, I'm assuming you'll eventually sure have to sign up. Be, podcast ads they're going to be probably display ads right no they're yeah display ads but what i'm getting at is it's like that's a, they're another platform who's trying who's trying to say how the heck are we going to make money yeah. and you know we get we're going to give uh content creators a little bit of a cut because there's a lot of very popular tumblers where these people should be making some money you know they've got millions of followers some of these tumblers just like an instagram or just like a youtube channel so why shouldn't they make a little bit of money if they've got a ton of traffic and they're running ads there so that's what they're doing yeah. and that i i think that is the let's say 2017 might be where it all happens we've been looking for that to happen a lot uh in you know the podcasting area and you know i know spreaker's doing it there's companies that approach you too, Rob. I'm sure you know about this, like ACAST and say, they'll say, hey, uh -huh. come be part of our network and you'll get a cut. But the problem is if you don't push a lot of traffic there, you know what I mean? They're not really going to promote you and it's just not going to go anywhere. So it's tricky. It's a minefield trying to find out the right way to monetize it. But I, I think, you know, there has been some progress. There's no silver bullet yet. The game has been about scale, you know, and it, and it continues to be about scale. Um, how many listeners you have. Um, you know, Acast and s some of these other monetization platforms, you know, like Art19 and and are trying to play with big scale shows because a lot of advertisers only want to work with large scale shows, ones that are driving hundreds of thousands of listeners. Those shows don't grow on trees. There's not that many of them out there, though I think that that number is growing and that's a big reason why we need to grow overall audience numbers for the medium. So we'll have more 100,000 listener shows and, and have that spread across more genres. And But I think this past year was really, for me personally also, was a really amazing year around podcast-centric events too. There was a, a lot of new types of uh, conferences and events that I actually went to and that I saw starting to focus on podcasting as an important medium from conferences you know from nielsen you know the ratings company had a audio conference and i was on a panel talking about podcasting at a nielsen conference and so at the national association of broadcasters conference there was a lot of attention which is also happening in 2017 but the radio folks the radio side of this were really sitting up and paying attention to podcasting last year um and to some degree that's continuing into 2017 
though I think it's a little bit different. I think that the the radio industry spent last year learning about podcasting and trying to get their hands around it and try and understand it and how it could impact them. Um, and now I think what, what you're starting to see happen is that the radio folks are have created kind of their, their own podcasting experts from their community, from the radio community, and they're focused on trying to um, continue to educate the, the radio industry, um, but more from I- internal folks, not from like folks like me and and Lipson and, and and others, I think it's coming more from radio industry folks that have uh, really jumped on board with podcasting and of learning learning the medium. And so the radio industry wants to learn from its own. And I think that's the phase that we're in in 2017 more and more. Um, what's your thought on that? You're kind of involved in the radio side. Do you see that a little bit too? Well, you know, a, a lot of people say, oh, they're two different animals and you know, this and that and the other. And I heard a guy, I forget who it was. Was it Ramsey? I forget who it was, but they were talking about how they're, Mark I think Ramsey. it was Mark Ramsey. Yeah. Who yep. was talking about how you've got to treat them, uh, you know, as different animals almost that it's better to have maybe a condensed version of, you know, a three hour or four hour radio program. Cause some of these can go pretty long. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can understand that a little bit, but I almost disagree because I listen to certain podcasts and they're actually radio shows like in the morning, radio talk radio. And if I miss something or it's one of those moments where they get into something, they say, well, we're going to talk about this after the break, but I have to take a phone call. Or I have to go to work or I have to run out and get coffee or something. And I'll, oh, darn, I'm going to miss it. I like to be able to go back and find that and listen to it in the podcast, right? Yeah. So KFI, which is the big talk radio station out here, I, they, they have a podcast. Recently, they started uploading to SoundCloud. Now, when you go and look at the numbers on SoundCloud, there's not many listens. You know what I mean? And this is the number one station in L.A., right, for talk radio. They might get 100 listens, 200 listens. Well, you know, a lot of Spreaker uh, users might get that on you know a show a day or whatever or for the week. But what I'm getting at is uh, maybe it's not a – Money maker for radio, they don't see how they're going to make a lot of money with the. They want to figure out if they're going to put the effort into making a podcast and having someone upload it and promote it and everything, regardless if they did the show or not live. They, they still have to get it up there somehow and t- you know put keywords, whatever. They want to make money off it. They they don't see the benefit. Where I think it's just something to kind of an accessory. It doesn't have to be its own product. It can help the radio show. They can run separate ads on it, right? Maybe have a different rate for just the podcast, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, Rob, but when it comes to radio, I think they're looking at it as how do we make money? Where's the bottom line? Where's the buck? And if we're going to pay some intern to do all this work and upload it and blah, 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 yeah. they, they want to see immediate return, right? right? Exactly. And I, I don't think that's necessarily part of it. Like it can enhance a brand. You know, we've talked about how you know, some people use it just, you know, to increase, you know, their kind of authority in the market. You know, there's a million reasons why you might want to have a podcast, you know, for fun. You know, golly gee whiz. You know, that'd be that'd be original just to do it for fun. But, yeah, yeah radio wants to make a flipping buck. And I, I realize that more and more if they don't make a buck, they don't see the advertisers willing to spend money like a podcast. Why do I want to spend on the po- podcast? Yeah. I want to do it on the radio. They, they don't care. They just don't care, Rob. Well, and also I see, you know, especially on the the commercial radio side, um, a, a lot of stations and radio shows have tried to make the jump, um, try and build additional distribution on the podcasting side, and oftentimes a lot of them just fail at it. They it just doesn't happen for them. 
and I think they get discouraged and and then they kind of give up and it, it it's a little bit of self-fulfilling prophecy that if it doesn't pop right away and build big audience numbers like they think they're getting in the off off of their antennas then they kind of give up on it and stop talking about it and stop promoting it and I think a lot of them don't realize that it's a long-term game it's not a short-term um, put it out there and they'll all come running to you you have to actually work at it even if you're a radio show well an example I don't want to keep mentioning them but at KFI for example I was shocked when I you know that they have millions of listeners right and a lot of these shows sometimes Rob aren't well, that good they, I mean do they have well, millions of listeners or that's, do they just that's what they say they do? That's yeah. what they say, right? They have yeah. a million. They have millions of listeners in their uh, potential base. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because they got such a wide reach. But if they do it on a SoundCloud or a podcasting platform, I keep saying SoundCloud. That's a, that's the only place I know they upload it. But let's say it's YouTube. Let's say it's Spreaker. I don't know. And let's see how many listens they get then when people are searching for specific yeah. topics, and it's not being forced down millions of people's throats because they have you know. 50 million watts right here in LA. It's a different story, right? You know, because I don't know if they, some of these guys would survive. It was, if it was based on the number of downloads they got per podcast, if they went strictly to that kind of a numbers game. Right. So I don't know. It, it's, well, it's, I mean, if you uh, think about what the, I mean, the, the, the whole model of radio, I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's a radio tuner in people's cars, right? That's tuned to a couple different channels. Maybe they flip between two or three different channels. There's a scarcity model that's still in play here. Um, that when a, a person shifts over to listen to a podcast, they have hundreds of thousands of options and mm-hmm. programs that they can choose to tune into. If they're going to turn on their their AM FM radio in their car, they have just a limited selection of options, right? And I think it's a completely different thing. And I, I think that's the challenge that the radio has uh, as these uh, these in-car dash experiences shift over to digital. Their competition is just going to explode. <laughs> um, yeah. People have lots of other choices to, to listen to content. It's not going to be a... Um, an experience where there's this this kind of scarcity of available content that they, that will keep them uh, with their audience. Yeah, I think one of the benefits they have is they're live, right? Yeah, so well, if you want that's you know, part of it, late right? breaking and yeah, yeah you want exactly. traffic, you turn immediate the key weather. on on the ignition and your radio starts up playing. And if you were listening to KFI prior to that or whatever station you were tuned into, it starts playing again, right? So yeah, yeah. it's really easy and it's simple. Where a podcast is, that's a very deliberate thing. You have to get in and you select a program. You have to search for it and you have to subscribe to it and you have to turn it on and change episodes. There's a lot more work that goes into consuming a podcast. And I'm just not sure that these audiences are that committed to radio's content um, to go to that much effort. Yeah, that's one of the things that I can equate it to watching, you know, regular television or cable television or using a streaming device like I have a Roku. And I remember when I cut the cord and I stopped watching television, it's a little weird because you're used to just turning on the television. There's something 
thing on or you just flip the channel and yeah. something else is on. Whereas you have to deliberately hunt down and choose something on demand to watch. Yeah. And I remember having people over and they're like, oh, it's just kind of weird. Like I'm just used to turning it on. Even if I'm not watching it, it's on in the background. I'm like, yeah, you have to deliberately put something on. So you sometimes you don't watch anything because you don't want to go through the hassle of finding something to select. It's funny, but it's the same concept. You know what I mean? If you yeah. just if you if it just comes if it pops on and it's playing KFI or Z100 or whatever the hell it is, you're more likely to just let it keep playing and listen than if I got to, you know, actually turn it on, find the station, hit play. Same type of concept. So, yeah, I'm definitely. digressing. The radio side played a lot with events this past year, and and I believe that they will continue to do that. I just think as we look into 2017, it's still a challenging effort for them to make this jump successfully. But many, many podcast conferences happened in, in Europe and in Australia and New Zealand and and in Chicago. You know, The biggest event is Podcast Movement at podcastmovement.com. So if you're a podcast fan and you would like to and you're creating a podcast and you would like to go to the the number one podcasting event in the industry go down to right by where alex lives down in southern california in uh, late july and you can go to podcast movement and go to all the conferences i'm going to be down there speaker's going to be there and even alex i think is going to go this year i'll be there you got it i'll be there in anaheim so it's exciting but podcast movement was in chicago um this past year and uh there was a lot of great uh stuff that came out of that conference and i'm also going to be in orlando here coming up at the end of february at uh uh, podfest orlando uh, which is a another large podcast event that's happening down there so i'm going to be down at that event as well but uh, that's not what we're talking about today. I'm not talking about the events I'm going to. But um, really, I think um, podcasting came of age in 2016, and and you know, with modest and steady rise in consumption, Spreaker had a big hand in that this year. I think they really put together uh, a lot of new things and rolled out new software and we really worked hard on our listening apps this past year so if you're a speaker podcaster maybe you don't currently listen um, to content on, on the speaker apps the speaker listening apps for android and ios you might head over there and check them out there's been a lot of uh, focus and and software improvements to those apps and you might find uh, we've also added a lot of um, external shows, too. So it's not just uh, shows that are hosted on Spreaker that are in those apps. Um, th- there's a lot of the most popular podcasts that are out there. So you could use those apps as your primary listening apps and have a terrific uh, listening experience. So, And then this past year, you know, the Spreaker Studio apps – on the creation side, had a lot of updates to them and improvements. You know, we added the Epidemic Sound library full of quality music tracks that you can use in your podcast. Uh, We added the capability of auto-ducking in the Spreaker Studio. That was a big one, yeah, auto-ducking. Yeah, yeah, for the the Windows and Mac version of the Spreaker Studio console. So, you know, the ability to start talking and if you're playing any music in the background it'll automatically fade down so you can talk o- over the top of content that's playing and after you stop it'll fade back up again and you, you, you don't have to be writing the software buttons up and down as you're trying to um, talk over the top of other content so i think it's and then this past year we we added some improvements to our chapters inside of each episode so you can add links external links and titles and graphics to those chapters as well and and 
probably the biggest thing that, that Spreaker rolled out in 2016 was our our new content management system that the company has been working on for many, many months to consolidate all of the management functions of uh, publishing and creating a podcast, but also to better manage, you know, like your embedded player and to have it all in one place in the platform. And then also setting up for us as we move into 2017 to have more monetization capabilities, which we've talked about on this program as well. So, Looking at it from the big picture, you know, you can see this direction that the company's moving towards. We're, we're offering terrific recording and listening tools, plus we also have uh, monetization tools that are coming, plus we're creating a professional quality level content management platform that will help you be a much better podcaster. And as you look to the future, Spreaker will be a platform that uh, more and more large companies as well as smaller individual podcasters will find as a powerful platform. And Alex, like you've found, you're a passionate user of, of, of Spreaker and the, the tools here. What's your thought on the direction of the company and where we're trying to go? Is there any things that you would like to see us work on beyond what we've already kind of laid out there in our menu? Uh, no, I, the one thing I think we're all excited to see is how the monetization uh, features will work coming up. But I, I, there's a lot to chew on with the CMS. Um, I'm still playing with it, the whole new content management system. And, I, you know, I like it a lot because I can add, like you said, links, external links. And uh, you can do kind of like what I like to call like mini audio um, documentaries where you could really get in depth and say, Here's the link, you know, especially if you're doing a news or information program, you're sharing a lot of information. You can have people find that in the actual podcast instead of doing um, instead of them having you know, scroll through the show notes. It'll just pop right up as they're listening to it if they're, you know, on the speaker uh, in the speaker app. But so it would have to be kind of geared towards that. That's the only thing that the one caveat you could say to people, hey, you know, if you're not listening to this through Spreaker, you know, you're not gonna be able to see these links pop up. So encourage them to go there. But at any rate, I like that functionality a lot. I think it's uh, kind of a big deal. I don't know any other uh, company that offers that with their podcast. So yeah, well, and that that CMS system that we're working on is, is not done yet. I mean, it's there, we're, we're still piecing it together and adding and consolidating functions and settings and things like that that are currently in the Spreaker platform into that. So ultimately, our goal is is to create one place where you can do everything um, versus currently what we have right now is we do have some settings and things like your profile setup and all that stuff that are kind of separate from the CMS system right now. So there's going to be more consolidation that's going to happen there. Plus, in 2017, um, the iOS listening app, uh, the the Spreaker podcast radio app for iOS, uh, is going to match the Android counterpart, um, which currently has auto downloads as well as uh, audio channels, which creates more of a kind of a lean back listening experience with playlists. So there, there's going to be more advanced capabilities that's going to be, you know, available in the iOS version. Um, as that wasn't the focus of 2016, which was more on the Android side. So as podcasting morphs, uh, Spreaker did too. We actually worked hard to improve the podcast kind of publishing process this uh, past year, and um, we will continue to do that in the future. Any other thoughts, Alex? Uh, no, that, that's it. I, like I said, I you know look forward to the monetization thing. That'll be something that's kind of uh, unique to Spreaker as well. So I look forward to that. Yeah. 
I definitely want to hear from you um, and your thoughts of uh, what Spreaker could do do better and how we can better cater to your needs. And that gets back to features and functions. So certainly send me an email if you have any thoughts, and, and I will share that with the team. Uh, you can certainly send that uh, rob at Spreaker.com. And I do have a Twitter account that's at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's. And Alex, uh, if a listener wants to get a get hold of you what's your preferred method in 2017 uh well like it was in 2016 alex at alex or you can tweet me at uh, alex on twitter and follow me on youtube as well i'm at youtube.com slash wait for it alex Exum. so oh, just su- in case you're not surprised following me. <laughs> so surprised be one of my 3,000 followers on uh youtube i'm trying to grow my youtube subscription so that's awesome all right well, but you still have your show on Spreaker, and oh, of course, that's going yeah. nowhere. I, yeah, I'm, I plan on doing a show this Friday well, no, at Spreaker. It's not going nowhere; it's going somewhere, right? I mean, it's no, good. yeah, that, that bad, poor choice of words. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> it's no, no, over. I it's all over. I understand what you meant. It's, it's not going away from Spreaker, but I just wanted to make sure that the audience didn't get the wrong impression. Right? No, it's, it's still alive somewhere. and kicking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. And Spreaker does have a website. If you're new to to listening to the show, but you're not an active uh, Spreaker host or whatever, go check out our website at Spreaker.com, and that's with an R. And we do have a Twitter account at Spreaker as well. The team is ready and waiting for you to answer any questions that you have. And, and we do have a, a support email address. It's at support at Spreaker.com. So if you have a question or concern about your Spreaker account, you can certainly reach out to that email address and we will get right back to you. So I wanted to uh, next uh, talk about a couple of listener comments and emails that we got uh, from last week's episode, Spreaker Live episode 95. We had Dave Kenyon who uh, sent me a note talking about uh, the episode where I had Ray Ortega on. And uh, he basically writes, Hey, Rob, it it was an interesting show with Ray Ortega, thanks. But I found it a bit ironic while listening to Ray talk about mics. I felt that Alex always sounded louder and clearer than Ray did. Alex always sounded as if he was in the room with you, but Ray sounded to me like he was coming through Skype or some other way. So I know Ray is a bit soft-spoken and, of course, way more soft-spoken than Alex. <laughs> but his volume seemed a bit low. Curious what you or others think. I prefer Alex's sound and volume. Easier to listen to while I'm driving in my truck at work. Happy New Year to you and everyone at Spreaker. What do you think about that, Alex? Well, I'm a former magician and ventriloquist, so I, I am throwing my voice, actually, Dave, into Rob's room. That's why it sounds like we're in the That's same right. room That's right. He's sitting so, right next to me right now. It sounds so li- lifelike. Yes, I, I am throwing my voice. It's, it has nothing to do with the quality of the microphone or Skype. Well, it actually could be your microphone, actually, I think. And it's your, <laughs> I think it is. I your think it voice, is. too, because we are using Skype right now. We are using Skype, so yeah, I wasn't sure if uh, maybe if he meant Skype or a Spreaker Studio, but either way, we're using the same platforms, right? We, we record the same way each time. I'm sure as you do with Ray, but yeah, and, uh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Alex, I don't tell anybody that I said this, but I think Dave uh, Dave likes listening to you. Well, Dave Dave's one of my fans. Dave's a good guy. 
And uh, no, no. But, you know, I, I got to say that Ray's a good guy, too. I listened to his uh, um, show on YouTube, the round, uh, you know, the uh, what is it? Podcasters Roundtable. Right, right, so he's so a good I guy. I, I on that show just this past past episode. So if you wanted to go over and check that out. Are you OK? Was it this uh, weekend, this last weekend? Yeah, exactly. We covered okay. um, podcast branding. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Yeah, I didn't see that one. I got to check that one out. But he's a good guy. Maybe he's just a little more uh, soft spoken. I am a little more Ray, Ray is a little bit more soft spoken. You're you're much more aggressive in your audio presentation. Aggressive which is a yeah. good thing. Which is good. Yeah, thing. aggressive. Okay, good. Yeah, so good, yo, the it's thanks, a good Dave, contrast like- to 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 me, which I'm a little bit more passive on my I, I think we may, we're, we're a good balance right Rob we're yeah. a good balance and uh, I think I think that's what Dave is recognizing so I, I think Ray does a great job I listened to the show I thought you guys did a great job thank you Dave I appreciate the the comment Thanks, Dave. Uh, you've been a regular commenter for us and I certainly appreciate the regular commenters uh, but certainly uh, we want to hear from everybody out there so if you feel like it just come on in everybody would be great that's for sure so thank you so much, Dave, for your attention and your comment. We got another one from Linda Irwin, who's another frequent commenter and yeah, f- frequent. You know, we frequently comment on her comments. So this is yes, this is a fortuitous <laughs> loop that we have here. Yeah, so she comments. Uh, one of the shows I'm affiliated with does Google Hangouts on air, and the host runs through a desktop uh, runs through a desktop speaker app. So I guess she's trying to do the desktop speaker app at the same time she's doing the Google Hangouts. The tracks cannot be played on Hangouts, yeah, because the tracks that you play through the speaker studio apps can't be heard um, probably through Hangouts. So that is a limitation of the speaker app right now. I'm sure we're going to be working on trying to get that improved. This makes for a lot of post-production work for me, and I have to add those into the video later. Perhaps there's a way of streamlining the app so you can do it on Google Hangouts. And um, so my comment on that would be, yeah, I think uh, just in a general sense, making the speaker studio for desktop app um, able that like a Skype caller can hear the audio that's played. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same issue, I think, is probably a good thing. So hopefully that will be something that can be um, added in 2017. We can work on and improve. So any thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure the reason why you would want to do both. Is there a reason why you would want to? Maybe because she's using the editing well, music. Yeah, she's probably doing one for live streaming or audio on Spreaker, and then she's – or recording or whatever. And, and But she's probably trying to do the, the video side too at the same time. Yeah, so uh, – well, I, I guess – I don't understand why it doesn't work then. So – yeah. So when she's when she's doing it, can't she select her microphone in the, the speaker studio and then have it selected in you know Google Hangouts and it should record from both? I would I would assume. I don't understand well, why it wouldn't work. She should be able to to run a probably a mic out, um, not a mic out, but a but a headphone jack out into a separate computer. She can probably do that. So maybe she's trying to do this all in the same computer. Probably yeah, I, and, I, and I'm thinking yeah. with a mixer too in my head because I have a mixer here. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think I sh- maybe she could use uh, what's it called the uh, 
this is we're going to get really into the weeds. I know we don't have time, but there's a what is it the v, VCL cable or whatever? I, I don't. Yeah. I know I had used to use it at one point, but it'll kind of reroute the audio. It gets a little complicated, but there is a way around it. Just just so she knows. I think there's a way around it. Yeah, I think you know she's not really sharing entirely what she's trying to do here. Um, right, right. But also, I think I think what she's trying to do would actually probably require two computers. Maybe I'm not sure that you can do it or or a mixer. Yeah, or a mixer, or doing it through, let's say, uh, like your mobile phone or something like that. You might be able to mm. to do something like that. Um, but you have to have. You have to have all the audio from a headphone uh, come out of the Spreaker Studio app right. um, to go into Hangouts. You can't um, try and run it on the same computer, I don't think. So Okay. Yeah. All right. So, But I'm not sure that I'm totally understanding what she's trying to do here. So, um, Leave us Linda, another comment. We'll see if we can right. figure it out. <laughs> we'll, we'll try and dissect this, Linda. Um, There's always a way, Linda. Show. There's always a way. Yeah, exactly. It just needs enough uh, patch cables and cords and and adapters, right? That'll solve anything. <laughs> and give you a massive headache at the same time. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> and a mixer, too. So you can spend some serious money here, but, but I think you can – we can figure it out here. So, Linda, thank you for your comment. And, um, Alex, thanks for doing the show with me again. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me as always. Yeah. Happy New Year to you. I hope uh, – 2017 yep, is a great great year for you and and I know you're still doing your radio show on your um, on your low power FM station down there. Yep, things are moving along. Okay, that's good. That's good. Well, thank you for listening to the Speaker Live show this week. I appreciate you tuning in and and uh, come back and listen to the show next week, uh, next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Or you can just go to speakerliveshow.com and listen anytime. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. 